Evan Lazar here, Patriots insider and host of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. As always, our content is powered by our exclusive wagering partners, betonline.ag. Use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your welcome deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. A new edition of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Podcast Network and on Patriots Press Pass. Evan Lazar here, joined as always by Alex Barth. Mock draft 4.0. We're getting into the thick of it now. We've done three of these already. Alex and I have posted those up on Twitter if you want to go back and find our old mock drafts. But we got 4.0 here today. We're going to go seven rounds through the entire draft as we were the Patriots, as we're in the Bill Belichick chair in the Patriots draft room. And not much, I would say, has changed from a rumors or a draft standpoint. No trade-ups by any teams yet or anything like that since we did it last week. So we can sort of get right into this. But we have well, seen... Yep, I was going to I was just going to say that maybe this is where you're going. The big change is we've we've learned of quite a few pre-draft meetings this week. Yes. So that yep. that is kind of the new we we want there to be some sort of new angle to all of these drafts. I would say that's this draft is we know they met with guys like John Mechie. we know some later round guys, right? Um, yep. Derek King, Josh Thompson, who's the corner from Arizona State that they met with. I really like um Chase uh Chase, Chase something. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. And, of course, now the name has completely left my Chase mind, Lucas. too. Chase yeah, Chase Lucas. Lucas. There you go. We're off to a flying start. Yeah. Flying start. Both of us just blank completely <laughs> on a prospect's name. That's how That's how you know we've done our homework, that's right? That's how you know we're ready. Yeah. Anyways, but along with the visits, which I think is a really good point, we've also seen some of the big Jade uh, reporters – release some more mock drafts, guys like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and Dane Brugler. And as we start to see what the scuttlebutt is around the league about what the first round is going to end up shaking out, I think the one takeaway that you have is that there's pretty much no consensus about this draft, especially at the top. I think a lot of people, most people would be surprised if Aiden Hutchinson's not the top pick in the draft. But once you get past Hutchinson and the Jaguars at one, you could see Evan Neal. You could see Icky Aquenu uh, from North Carolina State. You could see Trayvon Walker has gotten a ton of buzz as a top five, top three pick. And it does really feel like this is turning into a flavor draft. And although this doesn't necessarily impact the Patriots directly in the top five, indirectly, if all these things start happening and some surprises happen, right? If some guys go higher than expected, lower than expected, that clearly shakes up the way the rest of the board shakes out. And it will be really interesting to see also where the quarterbacks go. If any quarterbacks go before the Patriots pick at 21, Malik Willis is a pretty good bet at this point, I think to go in the top 20, maybe even the top 10, but Kenny Pickett, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be a top 20 pick. I don't know if anybody else besides Willis is going to make it there. So this is a flavor draft. It's really what your personal preferences are. Like if you are, uh, I see in the chat, people already talking about Jordan Davis. Some people love Jordan Davis as IDL one. Some people like Devonte Wyatt, his teammate as IDL one, right? It really is personal preference, what you're feeling, what your priorities are, what your scheme is, as if you're looking for teams in the NFL, culture fits, those types of things I think are going to be really, really important in a draft like this where there's probably better depth than there is top-end talent 
I, I think that there's a lot of guys stacked in a sequence in the first round that you can make an argument are all kind of equal across the board. And now it's going to be really a lot about how these guys interviewed, how these guys uh, get talked about by their former coaches and teammates and behind the scenes and just how they fit into the schemes that they're getting drafted in more so than saying like last three quarterbacks go one, two, three, right? Because they're all great premier talents and they go right off the really fun draft for that reason though. I feel like anything could happen. Like nothing would really surprise me at this point with this draft. And I'm excited to see how this all shakes out because this is really, like I said, this is flavor. This is what your preference is more than it is. Oh, this guy is, significantly better as a prospect than this guy. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, uh, this is a draft for the draft nerds. This yeah. is one for people like us where knowing 200 different players, it's going to matter. So, right. um, yeah, that's my, I want to get into this. I'm excited. Now you got me. Fired Let's get up. into it. You got me. All fired. right. So, so we pull up the board here. We do this pretty standard every time, Alex, uh, you can, you, you're better at explaining this than me. Go ahead. Yeah, so no, I just one change from how we normally do it. I'm yes. actually going to slow it down. I yeah. I don't know that we're going to trade up. You know, the Patriots really, it doesn't make a ton of sense for them to trade up this year for a number of reasons. The way the board is stacked, the assets, the positions they need, a lot of it. But let's just see. I, I just want to see, let's say Jordan Davis, Derek Stingley, Kyle Hamilton starts falling in this specific simulation. Maybe we have some fun and we look at it. So... Normally, we just kind of zoom right to 21 for this one. And I'm not saying we're definitely going to trade up. Yeah, I just want to see. I just want to see what happens if that works for you. Yeah, I also would like to talk just briefly touch on some of the players that do go off the board a little bit earlier. It's it's okay. always good to kind of see how it's going to shake out. Well, let's uh, let's get this going then here. So we got Hutchinson, Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton going second. So I'm going to let it get to 10 and then All guys stop that it. we expect to go this high, right? Nobody really. So Olave going 10 is probably the first surprise, I guess, well, if you want to call it that. Kyle Hamilton going second is a bit extreme. I, 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 Some people have been falling into the 20s. Yeah. I think that's a bit much. He should be a top 50 pick. Uh, but that's, I, I think, between 10 and 15 is his sweet spot. I guess if you're Detroit, you're thinking he's arguably the best pure prospect in the entire draft and you're not one of those teams that's picking like we have a hole here we have a hole there right you're just trying to stack talent on talent at this point and build out the roster i i I get this is just one simulation i think you could just as easily put drake london's name next to the jets there at 10 as as chris Olave went here they're gonna take a wide receiver at that spot it's just a matter of which wide receiver they prefer. Most mock drafters think that they prefer Drake London. That's kind of been the consensus there. But going Alave here is interesting. Means that he's certainly not falling to 21 to the Patriots in this one. Although, that's the right pick. I think Alave there. I think Alave's second or third best receiver in this class. So, yeah, Washington could go a couple different ways, right? Because they this is a pick I think could move. They Traded yeah. for Carson Wentz. They don't necessarily need the quarterback. Is this a spot we'd want to trade up? Now, it would be expensive, but right. this is probably how we, if we want Jordan Davis, if we want Jamison Williams, right. this is probably how we'd have to do it. Yeah, we heard that Chris Mortensen report today that he knows teams that are thinking about Jamison Williams in the top 10. 
And we've been talking about this a lot on the show, not just with the mock drafts, but just in general, that if Jamison Williams doesn't tear his ACL, he's a top 10 lock, right? He's going in the top 10 in every draft, every single year, if he's healthy. The injury does knock him down a little bit. But I think what we've seen more and more with teams, modern medicine, ACL surgeries being essentially perfected to the point that recovery is is much faster than it's ever been and much more precise than it's ever been. I don't think it's as big of a risk anymore as it was, let's say, 15, 20 years ago to take a guy that tore his ACL. It, it just doesn't feel like as big of a hurdle anymore. So I, I think right in that five to 10 range is where Jamison Williams becomes a real conversation for all these teams. So the question is, do we want to trade up this far? According to the trade chart, we could, you know, 21, 54 and one of the fifths would do it or 21 in a future first. Right. Now, I don't think it's necessary. Go okay. ahead. No, I would agree. I, I, I think that like we talked about, this class is so deep that yeah. we want to be adding top yeah 100 picks we don't want to be subtracting them so yeah i i, 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 I just don't see high. yeah i don't see the the big gap in in talent here to go up and get a guy i mean I, I love jordan davis as much as everybody else but is he really a player that you need to give up a future first round pick to trade up to get right i i don't know if he's really on that level i think the only time that i would ever sign off on making that type of trade is if you're trading up to get a quarterback. And this is not right. a quarterback draft for the Patriots, obviously. So, Yeah, I mean, we're moving up 10 spots. We're moving up extreme. The only reason I pointed out is you could argue Minnesota might move. I don't yeah. think Houston's moving down. And maybe some of these teams will move up, and it changes come draft night. But I don't think Houston's moving down. I don't think Baltimore is moving down. I don't think Philly's moving down. I, I don't think New Orleans has moved down. Yeah, Philly and New Orleans made that trade on purpose. Right. They're, they're sticking where, they, where they're picking right now. They're, they're going Orleans top pick anywhere. Yeah, New Orleans could move up for a quarterback. They they almost moved up right. for Mac Jones last year. So if they really like Malik Willis, they could be moving up again for a quarterback. But they're not they're not moving down. So the reason I point this out is when you when you get to this point here, where are the Patriots' options to trade up? I would say eleven or twelve, but those are extreme jumps. Yeah. The only other team I think maybe looks to move back is the Chargers at seventeen. I could see it. They, yeah. Their roster is pretty set. Um, I they just might want to consolidate picks. You know. Right. I think the biggest problem with with the Chargers is that their needs and the Patriots needs line up pretty nicely in terms of what the prospects that they might be going after. Like Jordan Davis makes sense for the Chargers. A wide receiver makes sense for the Chargers. One of the corners makes sense for the Chargers, just like the Patriots. So would they really give up that pick to the Patriots, knowing that the Patriots are probably going to take one of the guys that was at the top of their own board? That's the tough part about that marriage. We talked about the Eagles and the Saints probably not moving down. So really you're going up in the 11 through 14 range. If you really want to trade up, that that's really the only way that you're going to, you're going to have to jump the chargers. I think, I don't think you can trade with them. I think you have to jump. Okay. So basically what we've learned here from this little experiment, I'm glad we did this. Yes. Super unlikely, super, I don't want to say unlikely, super difficult for the Patriots to trade up this year. Very, very difficult for the Patriots to move up or if they or it'd be very expensive one or the other. So I just want to see what happens at 17. Maybe we can figure out a way to justify something. Jordan Davis still on the board. Okay. So Jordan Davis is still here. Yeah. We know the idiot math coach doesn't care about the run. That's not true. Stop it. Uh, they're 29th against the run last year. 
Yeah, no, they they were terrible against the run last year, which is why Jordan Davis makes so much sense for them with this pick. Do they care? I think that they care to the point that they know that their scheme, and maybe they prefer somebody like Devontae Wyatt, who's a little bit more of a of a pass rusher than Jordan Davis is. But I think they know with their scheme, with the way they want to play defense, which is a lot of that too high zone structures, right? They like to play quarters. They like to play buzz where they start too high and then rotate the safety into the box. They want to play that scheme. They have to have a good defensive line. You just That's what made the Rams defense go is the fact that they have Aaron Donald on the line of scrimmage to kind of build everything out from there. They got Bosa. He's a great player, but he wasn't good enough last year to, to be able to play the style of defense that Staley wants to play. I would really be surprised if this is not a defensive lineman, if Jordan Davis is still there at 17. I, I just think that that pick makes so much sense. And I'd also say that the Eagles could probably take Jordan Davis as well at 18, if he doesn't go 17 to the chargers. So we're talking about the board as it is right now. Jordan Davis is still there. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who's really Davis Williams, I think, Maybe Stingley if he fell, think, or the three guys I was looking at trading up for. Yeah, you Stingley, don't think it's realistic here? I think I, I think Stingley could fall a little bit in this draft. I think it's crazy, but like I said at the beginning of the show, this is one of those drafts where it's kind of a flavored draft. It's it's what you prefer, and some teams I think might prefer guys that are a little bit more well-rounded in terms of their tape last year, right, that, that had better tape that were solid, that aren't coming off injuries, things like that. So we could see Stingley fall a little bit. This field, but he's already gone in this one, right? He's right. Too- so so this is what I'm trying to say. Here we are. Chargers are on the board at 17. They're fielding calls. They're just calling around. They're doing their due diligence. Jordan Davis is still there. On the trade chart, uh, I want to make sure I have this number right. I do. This works. Okay. This is a deal. So the two questions are, would the Patriots do this? And no. do you think the Chargers would do it? No and no. I okay, just so have not a, doing it. So that's the answer. I just have a tough time thinking that the Chargers are going to trade back with a team that's going to take a player at a position of need for them. So if the Patriots are trading up here and we're the Patriots trading up to draft Jordan Davis, well, now the Chargers right. – don't get Jordan Davis, right? So now they right. have to move down the line. Now maybe they're thinking corner with this pick. So they're thinking of somebody like Andrew Boot Jr. or Trent McDuffie or someone along those lines. And, and they think that that player could get to them at 21 instead. But I just, I have a tough time imagining the Chargers giving the Patriots a player that would really help them out. That would really what if, make What them- if we add Nikhil Harry to the deal? Uh <laughs> All right, we're not doing it. I did laugh one time, Evan. Laugh one time. Oh, you're a joke. You were joking. joking. Yes, I was joking. Yes. Okay. All right. No, we're gonna trade Nikhil Harry for Jordan Davis straight up. All right. So the Chargers hung up on us. The other three teams in front of us aren't taking calls. So here we go. And uh wow. So Jordan Davis made it to us. Jordan Davis falls to 21. I mean so. We do have that rule that if the board is just not yeah, working, we, we respect it. We respect the we respect the process, right? Is that what this is? It's tough because could this happen? I, I think it, there is like a five percent 
chance that this could happen, right? I, I, right. I just the board. Though I think the only big surprise here was Trevor Penning at seventeen to the Chargers. Yeah, they just took Rashawn Slater last year with their first pick. That means that they're looking at Penning. And I know that maybe this is too advanced for the simulator and then it's not thinking this complex, but they're taking Penning to play right tackle. So they're, they're, they're taking Slater over. He's a left tackle. I, he's so good. You know, he was easily could have been offensive rookie of the year. If Jamar Chase doesn't have the year that he has, right. He was right, right. up there. I know, I know linemen don't really get votes for that type of stuff, but he was right, right there. Some of the best rookie tape of any player last well, year. Well, here's, I mean, he, I don't think I'm touching. here's the other thing too. Like the board doesn't do trades, right? But Dallas is sitting down here at 24. Their offensive line is a mess. Maybe that's right. really Dallas, right? Maybe Dallas yeah. moved up there to make the yeah. pick severely overpaid. Yeah. So Penning does have top 20 traits, right? He's got right. the size. He's got the length. He's got the mauling, okay, you know, traits about him, capabilities, I think that his we, – we talked to Brandon Thorne about this on Tuesday. He's a little raw for the top 20, but he's got so many of those measurable boxes checked, size, length, play strength, elite combine tester. I, I guess I could see it. I, I think here for the Patriots, if we don't go Jordan Davis and just take – he's clearly the best player. We clearly would if this is the way that it actually right. shakes out in two weeks. It, it just – is it is the best interest of the process? Like, is this realistic? I don't know. I think if I look at the rest of this board, we took Andrew Booth Jr. last, last time, so I don't want to repeat Jr. Bernard Raymond and Devontae Wyatt at the top there are two guys that we haven't talked as much about. Bernard Raymond's an interesting one. He's going to be a 25-year-old rookie, which I know turns off a lot of people. That's an old rookie, but he's somebody that I do think could play right away for them at tackle. A really good developmental prospect. If not, I would potentially trade down for Bernard Raymond a couple of spots and try to add picks. I don't know. It, I, I have a tough time thinking that Jordan Davis is going to be here, and I feel like we're we're going a little bit unrealistic. But I don't think it's too unrealistic. I'm right in that fifteen to twenty range. So here's what I here's just explain to the people who don't really understand what we're doing here. The, the, the PFF simulator is imperfect, right? Last year, like, we would have a chance to pick Zayvon Collins in the sixth round. Zayvon yeah. Collins ended up being a first-round pick. We just pretended we didn't see him because he wasn't realistically going to be there. Yes. It, it is borderline with Davis. I agree. To me, the big surprise is Linderbaum. Besides him, yeah. this all kind of feels like it tracks. Yeah. I, if it wasn't Davis, I, I would say we go to Kobe Dean. I think there's a lot of momentum towards that. I, you know, I could honestly see him going that way, even this, even if this is the way the board falls. Ugh. They've met with Dean twice. Yeah, They're gonna love his football IQ. They're going to love his versatility. Right? He's a I leader too. He's a really polished kid. Like I listened to him on Next Pats with uh, Phil Perry a couple weeks ago, and you can just tell that he he could be like a congressman, right? Like he's like holding court. Right. And he's very comfortable in his skin. I, I like Nicobe Dean a lot too. It's such a departure from what they've been but maybe they need that and they know it. Maybe they've identified that they need that. I, I don't know. I, I think that Kobe Dean's definitely a, a lot more realistic of an option here of potentially falling to 21 than Jordan Davis, but uh, 
we're going to get killed for passing on Jordan Davis. Yeah, I, I don't want to deal with the backlash. We're going Jordan. I mean, again, if the we're debating this in terms of we're trying to keep this realistic. Could right. Jordan Davis be on the board or do we need to put our blinders on? If the board falls this way, it's Jordan Davis and it's not a question. Yeah, so, so I, just for, for argument's sake and then we're going to make the pick. Yeah, uh, Marcus Moser does a nice job of putting together a consensus board of like the top draft guys right you know we use one that uses like a hundred different simulations and stuff like that he really narrows it down to like the mel kuypers and the dame bruglers and and the top guys but he only does the first round yes and he only does the first round so based off of this i think he had jordan davis on the consensus board at like 17 or 18 earlier today so it's not outlandish so he's actually got him at 14 now his average is 16.4, but his his overall, you know, ranking is 14th. So it's a little high, right? It's, it's it, a, But you know what? The, the league let let Mac Jones fall to. That's the thing. You fall, can't fall to 15. That, right? So I, you know what? I think it's Jordan Davis. So here's what I'll say before we make the pick, though. This isn't necessarily a monster need, right? We still need a corner. We still need a linebacker. We still need alignment. We're not trading up from 54. If anything, we're trading back, right? Yes, correct. Because we uh, we got to start. We, we have we need we need more top 100 picks. Yeah, right? let's take, let's do it. All right, we can't too much. That about feels this. good. We just got probably pound for pound, no pun intended. Uh, TTO, true talent overall, is a metric that. It doesn't have a lot of practical purpose. True talent overall basically means if you basically gave all the players Madden ratings, where would they rank? Yeah. Jordan Davis is probably the top TTO player in this draft. Yeah. I, I think just, you can make a strong case. It's him, Evan Neal, Derek Stingley, or Matt Ariza. So what? Matt Ariza. What it, it love- is, no, true talent overall, Evan. Talent oh, yeah, I, relative, relative I, to position, so regardless of positional value, Matt Ariza yeah. is a top five player in this draft. So what I love so much about Jordan Davis for the Patriots is I know a lot of people out there say, well, how does that help you beat Buffalo? How does a, how does a nose tackle help you beat the Bills? Well, the way that I see it is that you, I, I'm old enough. I, I hope all of, all, everybody's old enough to understand what Vince Wilfork brought to the table when he was with the Patriots. When you right. have a guy in the middle of the defense that's able to essentially on his own control the line of scrimmage and stop the run, as a one man wrecking crew, it allows your entire rest of your defense to do other things, to roam, to fly around and keeps everybody clean. So when they're playing a team like Buffalo, now you have a lot more flexibility on the back end on first down to play two high shells, to play all the safeties that Bill Belichick has accumulated. If they want to run five, six defensive backs on first down against the Bills now and get more speed and athletes on the field, they'll be able to do that because Jordan Davis can control the line by himself. So, no, he doesn't bring the pass rush juice to get after Josh Allen in the conventional way. But what he does is he allows them to control the line of scrimmage on first and second down. And that's such a critical aspect of stopping a team like Buffalo, because now, like I said, you have schematic advantages. You can play too high. You can play six DBs. You can play zone. You can play man. You can pretty much do whatever you need to do on the back end to shore up RPO defense, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, spread formations, all of it. And Jordan Davis allows you to just have all that flexibility 
because now you have one guy is a rock in the middle of your defensive line who will not get moved. And that's, I think, the biggest appeal I can kind of come up with of why Jordan Davis is such a great pick for the Pats. Well, the other thing, maybe he doesn't have the pass rush talent to be your marquee pass rusher, but him, Barmore, Judon on third down, you're not blocking those three with five guys. You're just not. It's not going to happen. You're going to have to leave the running back in, or you're going to have your rollout design, whatever. Like you're not, Jordan Davis isn't necessarily going to come in and get like five sacks against the bills, but if they're going to leave him one-on-one, he's going to disrupt the passing game. If they want to double him. Great length too to get into passing lanes. Like if they're trying to hit that quick RPO pop that they like that slant route, Gabriel Davis caught one for a touchdown on Jalen Mills last year. Jordan Davis getting all six foot six in that passing lane is also something that he's going to do a lot of. So that's just, just forget that about, yeah. We forget that about Jordan Davis. Everybody talks about the 341, and it's an impressive number. Yeah. He's also 6'6". Again, if they're going to yeah. double, if they're going to leave him one-on-one, he'll create problems. If they're yeah. not, then either Barmore or Judon's going to be one-on-one, right. or they're going to have to leave the back in. You, you, yeah. can't black, you can't block those three guys. You cannot yeah. block those three guys with five offensive linemen. You need the back or a tight end or something. So that's yeah. a game changer. I want to take a second to shout out our friends at betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that baseball is back and the start of the Major League Baseball season is finally here. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's look at the board at 54. Did anybody interesting fall? I mean, there's players. There's obviously good players here at 54. Yeah. Trey McBride still being here is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know that there's any whoa players. We talked about wanting to add a top 100. Let's look at the deals we have on the board. Yes. Uh, Cincinnati's the only way we say. I think we made this trade last week. Did we not? Feels like we did. I don't mind at all. Can you just pull up the quickly pull up the linebackers? I, I did. Did Leo Chanel make it here? I don't think he did. I don't believe I saw him. He so did that's not. The one. Okay. Mama Anderson Harris. I think he was the friend Quay Walker, who PFF hates. Man, uh, Chanel I, went, uh, Chanel went, went 48 early. to the Bears. Okay, yeah. so I just feel like Leo Chanel, they would draft the crap out of Leo Chanel. Like, that guy yes. is yes. absolutely perfect. 250 pounds, plays on and off the line of scrimmage, comes downhill like a missile. I, he's not on the board anymore, so I should stop my explanation. He's just a really freaking good fit well, no, they, we're, we're here to learn this is a learning experience so, we're here to learn I think Leo Chanel is gone here I, I personally the way I look at it uh I think second round corner is so Patriots like that's just them picking a corner in the second round feels like an absolute lock to me it, it I get the first round talent could also be there with Booth or McDuffie if they want that style of player but we know how much they love DBs in the second round. That that's that's the money round for them. I, I do wonder here if you start talking uh, about a corner. I didn't see the corner board. Uh, if we could pull that up too. So just real quick, if we move down, this is the trade. And yeah. I, 
I don't hate that. No, I don't hate that at all. I, we've made these types of trades before. You take the best player available at 21, and then you move down in the second round to accumulate that extra top right. 100. I love the optics of it. And the reason why I brought up corner is I think all of us believe that this is too early to take Zion McCollum. I don't know if Bill Belichick thinks it's too early to take Zion McCollum. It would make it would make me feel a lot better and, and make me stomach it a lot more if they traded down first and then they took Zion McCollum, right? If, <laughs> if you're taking him at right. 63 at the end of the second round, then that is a little bit better, I think, than taking him at 54. But the Patriots love those types of guys. The raw upside, great athletes. He's Kyle Duggar, but he plays corner instead of instead of playing safety. Right. It it just it just makes so, a lot of sense. Here's what I'd say. Like, we look at the board. Christian Watson's still here. Yeah. John Mechie's still and here. Those are two wide receivers. I Right. I don't know. Well, no, I, I would just say those are two players we like. Uh, Dylan Parm, uh, Jamari Saylor, potential starting guards right away. Yeah. Those guys are still here. Um, I actually really like Martin Emerson. I got more to him in the last week. Me too. Marcus Jones, Zion McCollum. There's, like, multiple corners we like in this day two range. You got a couple of edge guys, Cameron Thomas, Josh Pascal, D'Angelo Malone, yeah. uh, Anderson, Mama Harrison. Here's the point. We're moving back nine spots. Yeah. I think I just named more than nine players. Yeah, no, I think moving back, all the linebackers besides Leo Chanel and obviously the first round guys, Dean and, and Devin Lloyd, are still here. Anderson, Mama, right. Christian Harris, you know, all those guys are still here. So whether you're getting one of those or you're getting one of the corners, I, I think you're coming away with a player that you need in this spot if you move down. Is, is so so we're going to like pretty – we're not going to get totally – we've been screwed by this draft board pretty bad, Evan. Yeah. We're not going to get totally screwed here we if we move down nine spots. In the first round this time around, so I feel like we can take the risk. Like if we get screwed in the second round, at least we got the guy in the first round. Yeah, the board, yeah. The board finally gave us a gift. And yeah. we get that seventh-round pick, which we can have some fun with. So yeah. let's do it. Excellent. And let's see. I'm going to speed this up now. There goes Christian Harris, Quay Walker. All right, so a lot of the linebackers. We lost a lot of linebackers, but you know what? We took Jordan Davis. We addressed the front seven. He's not a linebacker, but if there was any position we were going to get screwed with in that situation, I don't hate that it's linebacker. So the question that I have, though, is since there was a run at linebacker, can you pull up the the linebackers that are remaining? Yeah, let's see if anybody made it. Because, like, even Brandon Smith went here, right? So, like, a guy – I think this is a little early for a guy like Darian Beavers, but if you're on draft night and this is the way that it's going and there's a run at linebacker and you want to draft a linebacker on day two, you better get your guy, right? Because right. now Darian Beavers is one of the best players left on the board at the position. I'm not the biggest Brian Osamoa fan. He is kind of Christian Harris-y, right? Like he's sort of the yeah. Sears version of that. Undersized linebacker, good speed. I think that they – would look at their linebacker board. I bet you that they would have it like Leo Chanel. I'm talking about day two, Leo Chanel. And then I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, Beavers is, is the next guy. He's, yeah. he's not as good. I don't think as he's not as explosive. He's not as, as, as uh, impactful of a take on player as a guy like Chanel is. He doesn't attack the line of scrimmage with the same kind of ferocity, but he is a similar mold, I would say, as right. someone like Chanel. So 
it's a little early for Beavers, but I feel like if we don't take Beavers, then we're not getting any linebackers at 85 or 95. So we can go through, by the way, do you want to share the list? I know it's just one person right now, yeah. half an hour in, we're doing great. But um, if you want to share the list, we would yeah. take it. So a lot of people in the chat are talking about John Mechie. This does yeah. feel about right for John Mechie. I think we took him here last week. Um, I think, yeah. So Sailor's still here. Jamari Sailor is going to come right in. He's going to be a starting left guard. Here's our board so far. Sailor, Sailor feels like, or Sawyer, I, I actually don't know. I've only seen it written. Feels like a great fit here. Again, we, we check that starting guard off. We're taking care of the trenches. Uh, the corners, I still like Martin Emerson. Me I'll too. explain why in a minute. I just want to go through the board. It's probably early for Marcus Jones on McCollum. Uh, I'm not even going to bother with defensive interior. On the edge, they love their day two edge rushers. Nick Benito's a good player. Josh Pascal's a good player. Um, Cameron Thomas. Yeah, Cameron Thomas went. Um, and then we kind of looked at the linebackers there. So here's why I like, and I don't know that he's the pick, Martin Emerson, if they want to bridge their old defensive philosophy with this more zone thing, Martin Emerson's a 6'2", 210-pound corner that primarily played zone in college. Like, yeah, he is the player. zone version of the guys they've brought in for the last 10 years. He's a good right? athlete, too. Tested well. Yeah, tested very well. So I could see them being super in on him. Like you said, we know they like the, the second-round defensive back. Yeah. So he feels yeah, like we, a fit. So I would either say – about Zion McCollum that we haven't really talked yeah. a ton about Martin Emerson. Really long, physical guy. Uh, when you watch him against some of the SEC guys, I know he got pulled away from by Jamison Williams, but so did everybody yeah, in did. college football. But he's somebody that really battled with – Alabama's receivers with some of the other great receivers in the SEC went toe-to-toe with all those guys for the last couple of years physical long has man coverage skills but like you said more of a zone guy at Mississippi State really well uh really good eyes and awareness I would say in zone coverage like when he's got guys from three by one he's coming from the backside. he's got a good job of kind of finding threats coming into his zones right. and where guys are coming from. You see him on tape a lot of time, like pointing out like, Oh, this guy's coming from here. That guy's coming from there. A uh, smart player. I-, I think that he's a really good pick here as well. Maybe slight, maybe it's more like a third round guy uh, he- that we're taking a little bit early, but I, I think he's going to be someone that could play right away. I think he's got a good football IQ. I, I think he'd be able to play pretty early. Okay. So that's, that's a, uh, that's an interesting one. The other thing is, so as we kind of plan this out, do we want to move up later in the third round? So, because that might, again, so my, hypothetically, my problem, we could get to, yeah. we could get from 85 to 79 pretty easily. Right. We did add that extra seventh round pick, right? So we have right. an extra two or three pick now. The issue that I have with the way the board stacked up is we see it right here, just at the, at where it's at now. Anderson, yeah. Mama, Smith, Walker. All the the linebackers are going. Like the the run at linebacker is happening. We did this last week. We took Mechie here, and we didn't get a linebacker. Remember, we we weren't able to right. to get one of the top one hundred linebackers because they were all gone by uh, the time we picked in the end of the third round. Based off the way that the board is shaken out, the pick here should probably be to join in on the run, right? I, I just but they but the Patriots never do that. They have in the past. I mean, they did it. Do they? I feel like they always buck the runs. They, they, it didn't work out, but they, 
he kind of started and then also were in on the tight end run in 2020 with Keenan Asiasi. Yeah. That was when that started. I don't know. I just I know for a fact the way this simulator works that if we don't pick a linebacker here, we're not getting a linebacker in the top 100. Like all the guys just, are going to be gone. I'd feel more inclined if we didn't take Jordan Davis 21, right? Yeah. I just think, you know, we, we addressed the Like, I think, they, and they're going to see it. They addressed the front seven. And look, they addressed right. the front seven multiple times over the first two days. That's what they do. But there's kind of a corner. We're kind of on the back end of a corner run here too, right? Didn't, I guess it was right when we traded down a bunch of corners went. But. Yeah, McCreary. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I like I like Emerson too. I think it's maybe a little early for him, but at the end of the day, if you like the player, then we're arguing over picking him maybe 10 spots too soon, right? So, so. Here, here's the thing. Who do they like reaching on more, corners or linebackers? Oh, yeah, probably definitely corners. Yeah. <laughs> One and it's a yeah. bigger need and all of that. I, I, I don't hate trading up in the third round, though. So let's – I'm going to drop the speed on this. Who are let's, the top linebackers on the board? I just want to see who are the top Weavers. linebackers on the board. I think, it, you know, you can make an argument. I, like I said, I'm not the biggest Asamoah guy. But yeah. the fact that they did just take Jordan Davis does allow them to take a little bit of an undersized linebacker because he got a four, 400-pound guy in front of him right. now. So it's not as much of a need to take the thumper. Uh, Channing Tindall is still there. And yeah. that guy – flies i mean you talk about explosive sideline to sideline that guy absolutely flies i don't know if he's gonna last much longer that that might be the one difficult thing here but if we take the corner and we want to get key with it and trade back up from the third round i, I would say that the guy for me personally in this group would be channing tindall i, I think so that let's, that's fit. let's do this and i this is kind of what they did last year it's a little different I think I say we take the corner and then let's watch Ozamoa, Beavers, Tyndall. Once two of them go, we'll move up and get the third, whoever okay. it is. Because I think okay. we, we there's you can make a case for all three. All right, take 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 our Emerson just so that we have we take a different corner than Zion McCollum. I I you know what I think Emerson too. I think with Zion McCollum, we're really into their old philosophy. If they're going to really, yeah. you know, embrace this new yeah. zone look, Emerson's a better fit. Yeah. He's a better fit than McCollum. And he's also- also an SEC guy versus an FCS True. guy. Yeah, is, more NFL ready. All right. So yeah. one more time. Who are the three linebackers? Tyndall, Ozemois, Beaver, and Beavers. Okay. Ozemois. So those are the three guys we're watching for and watch. They're going to go with the next three picks. But we're going to take Market, Martin Emerson. I do like that pick. Oh, that went too fast. Um, all right. So oh, there goes Tyndall. Tyndall went. Let's hope this goes slower. I got to do this like one at a time now. All right. It's working in our favor. There goes Beavers. All right. Do we want to try to move up here? Or do we think uh, the Ravens would take a linebacker? I could see the Ravens taking a linebacker. Yeah, I, I could as well. I, I think we could move up here for a guy like Osamoa. They, they do like that program, right? I mean, that's right. Oklahoma is a program that they've drafted uh, a lot of in the past. So I, I could see that. And like I said, you know, you get somebody like Jordan Davis in the front seven. Now you have somebody that can kind of eat blocks and, and allow a guy like Asamoah. I think he's like 225, 230, right? He's not big. Yeah. So I, I think that that's, that's not a terrible pick here. I, let me look at his weight real fast. Uh, 226, six feet, 226, four, five, six, 40 yard dash. So guy flies. 
that, yeah. that, that, that sideline to sideline box is checked if you draft a guy like Brian Osmo. So this is the deal right here. This is the deal. Works for me. I'm good with it. Yeah, I don't really care. Like, they already have the fifth, right? So, I mean, what are we They have, get? yeah, they have the fifth from Shaq Mason. So, we're trading the fifth. Oh, um, I guess I'll throw on the seventh. There we go. All right. We may need to trade down again. Brian Osmo is the pick. We moved up yes. to get him. Good value. We make the pick. All right. I can speed this back up again. We're going to let it run now to 95. We've already made, what, two trades? Three yeah, trades? We like making trades. On right. So, we still need a starting guard. We still haven't taken a receiver. You yes. want to pull up, pull up the reset real quick. You want to pull that reset up full screen. Let people sure, this see. Is, this is our best draft yet. No doubt about it. Well, I mean, I it, mean we it, got Jordan Davis. It helps when Jordan Davis is at the top, but we we're yeah. killing it. This is definitely the best but, one we've done so far. If the Patriots get Jordan Davis 21, they can take Danny at like with the next nine picks and it'll still be a great draft. Like that's yeah. just the reality yeah. of it. But okay. yeah, we got, the big guy in the middle in Davis, the long yep. corner on the outside in Emerson, and you pair Awesome Law with 340 pounds of Jordan Davis in front of him. So easy for him to now stay clean and just fly around the field to the ball. That's This is the type of defense that we wanted to build, right? This is the type of defense that Patriots fans right. want them to build. So we're in good shape right now. I, I like where we're at. Third round, I think I think we could start talking wide receiver. I think in fourth round, third and fourth round, I think there's good value at O-line and wide receiver in both rounds. So I could go either way with this, but depending on who's still on the board at wide receiver, I definitely think we still we start having that conversation now. So I'm pulling all that up. So here's a look at just offensive line, wide receiver. I'm going to throw edge on there too, actually. They, they might go edge day two. Yeah. They tend to do that. Yeah. So Khalil Shakir, we yeah. want potential – you know, um, Jacoby Myers replacement is on a one-year deal. Zach Tom is our starting guard. We yeah. do still need a starting guard. We love Gadecki on this program. Gadecki's still there. I like D'Angelo okay. Malone. I'm a big D'Angelo Malone guy. Marquise Hayes. And then we're probably getting some more, some more yeah. reaches. What are you thinking? We could also, we could move down. Josh McDaniels is calling. Could move down at a future asset. No, shut up, Josh. I, I think that the... Yeah. It's tough because I think we're reaching a little bit on an offensive lineman here. Like I well, so I, I hang like on. Tom. I just saw this. Here's your run, Evan. The four picks before us. Yeah. Parham, Max Mitchell, Kellen Deach, Sean Ryan. Three of those yeah, five. Ryan's I don't know like, that much about Deach. The other three guys I like for the Patriots. So Deach I watched recently because he started a couple picks before. Yeah, Fortner's a, he's gonna be a, a ten year pro. That guy's just yeah. oozing with intan- intangibles, just a really, really good p- football player. Run. The 10 picks before this, Ed Ingram, Tariq Woolen, Justice, Marcus Jones, Fortner, uh, Federian Mathis, Wandale Robinson, Parham, Mitchell, Ryan. All guys I'd love to see on the Patriots. Yeah, so that's Dish, a heck of a run. Dish is super athletic. He's finesse, though. He's not a power blocker by any means, but he's really, really athletic. Uh, good feet, good leverage, good hand placement, striking uh, down the field. He can move. He can pass protect. I I like a lot about his game. He's just not a powerful guy. And I don't know if, what direction they're going in. If they're going to still be a downhill run scheme, I'm not sure if Kellen Deesh is a fit for them. More of a fit, well, perfect fit. He went to San Francisco, right? right? right. They're going to run outside zone. He's going to be scoop blocking, things like that. That makes a lot of sense. The Patriots, 
He's maybe like, I guess you could kind of say he's a little Nate Soldery, right? If you want to try to come up with the Pats comp for a guy like D, she's kind of got similar build, similar athleticism. I guess you could make that argument. Uh, are we thinking running back here? No, oh, I was about to say, we're sitting guard. Yeah. We're sitting wide receiver. Yeah. James Cook's here. Yes. Uh, the best rounded back in this draft. They met with him this week. Seven's got to be the first time we talk about we talk about running back. We can't take a what? running back in the top 100. We can't yeah, take Evan, a running back. Evan, this isn't us. This is them. I know you don't want to. This is them. That's a fall. That's a fall. For, some people think we'll James Cook's going to go at the end of the second round. I like Gadecki here. But here's I do. the thing. Here's how they're going to see it. Gadecki's still there. Zach Tom is still there. Well, Zach Tom's a guard. Marquise Hayes no, is the, also a guard. That's what I'm saying. Because we're, we're talking about them getting a starting guard here. We are. They're going to see all those guards and say, well, there's a bunch of guards on the board. There'll still be guards on the board at 127. Chris Paul's still here. You just mentioned, all, like, we're, we're back in one of those runs, right, where all these offensive linemen just right. went. I think Gadecki's you know, the saying, they're gonna They're going to see all those linemen still on the board, and they're going to see James Cook still there falling to them. I think guys like Marquise Hayes, uh, I think a, a guy like Zach Tom, those are they are only interior players. Like, I get that the idea is to probably move Gadecki to left guard, but Gadecki could play tackle. And I wouldn't put it past the Patriots to try him out at tackle and then move him inside once he fails at tackle. They, to me, they need a guy that can play tackle and guard. But like, here's, I, here's what I'm I think saying to you. They're at both places. Yeah. Are they going to value the potential starting tackle over getting the guy who can come in and start at guard now? Well, I think Gadecki can start at guard too. I just. Okay. I think that he could also play tackle, right? He played right tackle at a really high level at Central Michigan. Zach Tom is, to me, too undersized to play tackle in the NFL. I just don't think that he's got the ability to do it in the NFL. Really, really good out of his stance, really quick. Uh, I like Zach Tom as a prospect a lot, but I, I just think in this spot, I think you have to draft a guy that could also play tackle. And, and I think Gadecki is the only I one. Would just, I would just, I don't know why you have to, I think in this spot, this is top 100. You need a potential multi-contract starters and a guy who's going to, you're going to realistically extend beyond his rookie deal. That's a guard right now. That's not a tackle. Right. So, but I, I, I agree with you, but I'm, what I'm saying is I think Gadecki is a guard that could play okay. tackle versus a okay. tackle that could play but guard. Is Gadecki a week one starter in 2022 at, at left guard? Week one, I don't, I don't know because he's going to have to learn the position, right? That's, that's the difference. He's definitely got the traits and, and all of the boxes checked to be able to be a starter week one at guard, but will he be ready? I don't know. So they okay, might well, have I mean, that's on them. You get my point. Like, here's the thing. Yeah. At this point, and, and maybe we get it. I think we could potentially get a starting guard at 127. But if we don't take the guard here, how do you feel about Drew Desjardins, CFL All-Star, being your starting left guard, protecting Mac Jones in week one? I would assume if it's not, I, I maybe it's James Ferentz, right? I, I, I think or James, that that's, I, not that's fine. But do you, do you get my point? They could move Justin Huron inside too to guard. I, I I'm gonna vouch for Gadecki here. I understand where okay. you're coming from. I, I just think that he's the best lineman on the board, and I think that we need to get a lineman. Like the wide receiver is a luxury pick at this point. The pick that, that we absolutely need to have is a guard is a, is an offensive lineman. Whether it's a tackle or a guard, you need to draft a lineman in the top one hundred. 
if it was any other position, Evan, I would push back and say they're 100% taking James Cook here. Uh, but I, I think that they love drafting linemen. They love drafting. Yeah. Although, actually, in the last 10 years, Evan, they've only drafted three linemen in the top 100. Yeah, because they don't need to, right? They, they don't, they well, don't, so, so do yeah. they need to take Kadecki here? I think they do because on top of the fact, like last whatever 10 years you call it, they had Dante Scarnecki in the building for how many of those? And then they had Carm Brasillo in the building after that. Who is Matt Patricia the offensive line coach right now? Like that that's what we're dealing with. So Billy Yates, oh, isn't it? I guess, yeah, I guess Billy Yates will do a good job with him too. But that's the concern is that you don't really have the luxury to take the sixth round offensive lineman like on Wenu and turn him into a stud because you don't have the coaching. I think Gadecki is really sound. Like he's somebody that I think is has got such a great feel for the game maybe even better than like Bernard Raymond's only played 18 games in his life right. on the offensive line Gadecki, when you watch it he's just so much more polished and aware of what's going on around him Raymond's just an athlete out there trying to survive Gadecki's somebody that I think has really got a good head on his shoulders about the position I I like him a lot that's why I, I'm advocating for it here I think we just saw Ryan we saw uh Parham we've saw Fortner like those are the other guys that I think are day one Ryan I, I think would be a great pick if he had made it to 95 those are the day one starters on at guard for the Patriots okay. and I think Gadecki's probably the last of that bunch not Chris Paul not Zach Tom day one I think Zach Tom could maybe start at guard okay I just like the flexibility a little bit more like okay that's fair that's fair and look they're gonna they're gonna put a premium on that they're going to say, yeah. well, this guy might be slightly better in year one, but this guy's potentially a tackle in year two. They're going to like the guys potentially tackling year two. So we'll take Gadecki. Again, they've only drafted three linemen in the top 100 in the last 10 years. Isaiah Wynn, Joe Tooney, and Antonio Garcia. Those are the only three. So this is a little bit of a trend, Bucker, but you're right. The the coaching staff is different. I think that's a good reason to, to kind what of kick that trend. Garcia, man. You could have just left that one out. What? You didn't have to mention Garcia. I mean, he got sick. That wasn't on them. All right, I'm going to take Kadecki, and then we're going to let it run to 127 and see what the board looks like because I would not be opposed to trading down again. So we can move down 10 spots. Should we just quickly recap the top 100? Because now we're at – we're. Yeah, I'm going to kind of scour the board real quick. You go – oh, yeah, okay, you go ahead and do that. We've got some okay, so very interesting choices here. It work. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's holding up. But top 100, uh, very top of the draft, easy. Didn't really take as much time to, to figure this one out. Jordan Davis, first round. That's the top of the draft for the Patriots. Great. Uh, we, we love it for so many reasons, right? Martin Emerson in the second round, uh, really solid, underrated cornerback prospect in this draft, long, athletic Outside corner, physical guy, plays a lot of zone, plays some man well, too. Uh, Brian Asamoah, uh, you're looking for speed at linebacker. We got it. Four, five, six in the 40-yard dash. Undersized linebacker, but now you have a guy like Jordan Davis in front of him to keep him clean. Uh, he's someone that flies the football. We like that. Luke Kadecki uh, from Central Michigan. I think a day one starter at guard could also probably play tackle, a uh, flexible player, but I think we've been looking for that starting guard and Gadecki checks that box. So we got Jordan Davis, day one impact star, in my opinion. Martin Emerson, maybe it takes a little bit to develop uh, in the rookie season, but I think he's going to eventually be a starting corner for the Patriots. 
Awesomewah, I think, could be a special teamer early and then potentially contribute later on in the year or next year. And Gadecki day one starter. So we got at least two day one starters here, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. And we're going to get potentially another one here. The, the board the board loves the board, us in this one, Evan. The board's been friendly so, to us tonight. I like so that. let's run through some positions here. Wide receiver, I still think we wait. We okay. could reach on Bo Melton, but I, I, I still think we did, wait. Did Danny Green go? Did Danny Green go? He went. Uh, I just saw Danny Gray. Oh, okay. Danny Gray, yeah. Interesting. So Vilas Jones still and there. Danny Gray are both still on the board. I love both of those guys for the Patriots. Vilas, Bo Melton. Well, I, yeah. I think we have a good shot of guys at uh, 170 there. We could go offensive line again, get another guard, Chris Paul. I know there's some tackles here we like. We've talked about in the past. Bolson. Yeah. Um, I think maybe we could go ta- like lineman with that sixth rounder. 170, right. I think, would be, yeah. Uh, on the edge, we've got uh, Isaiah Thomas we took last week. I kind of like Zachary Carter. Then you're yeah, getting Zachary into some guys. A, Zachary Carter is a bigger guy. That, that one's a little bit yeah. interesting. I've I've been kind of advocating for that edge setter. I don't know if D'Angelo Malone is that guy, but he's a guy that he well, they he like didn't make it here, did he? Yeah, no, I thought it was Dominic Robinson that made it there. Sorry. Okay. So wrong uh, DR. Well, so here's what I here's what I would say though. There's one other player here who's very interesting, Evan. And then I mean, you'll give your take, but we just yeah. talked about it's going to be tough for them to pass on James Cook. It's going to be real yeah. tough for them. Oh, wait, I want to do the corners too real quick. Um, I really like both of these guys for them. Michael Wright and a Caleb Evans. Yeah, I, I watch both. Wright's a little bit smaller, right? I, I think He's a slot, is, He's a slot guy. Yeah, a Caleb, Caleb Evans, Evans is, is kind of like if we didn't take Martin Emerson on the second round, a Caleb Evanson is yeah. – uh, Caleb Evans is kind of similar, like good athlete. Similar player. Yeah. Cordell he Flood just has is, injury concerns. Oh, he, he hasn't played a ton. He's been hurt. Yeah. Cordell Flood is small. He's got a really real thin th- uh, frame, but some good flashes of ball skills on his tape, can play nickel, can play outside. Uh, he's an interesting prospect too. But we just talked about it, Evan. It's yes. going to be tough for them to pass if James Cook falls. They need yes. a pass catching back in the short term. They need an early down back in the long term. Brian Robinson's still on the board. Yes. They would make this. They, I don't think they would let him get past here. He's a bet. I think he is in terms of college product, in terms of like what you see on the tape, he is a better yeah. prospect than Ramondre was last year. And they took Ramondre at 120. Now we're sitting here at 127. It's a position in need. He went to Alabama. If if James Cook is the best do it all back in this draft, Brian Robinson's the second best. That this feels like a no-brainer to me. I've already been sold on this being a running back at this point. I know they're going running back at some point in this draft. I taught you out of it in the third round. I got you to the fourth round before we did it. I like Rashad White from Arizona State, too, as in that pass-catching role. He's got some skill. Taylor uh, Batty, Tyler Batty, he already went. I'm assuming Beatty, Batty. I don't know. He goes, no, we're late on this. He's a fit. Zonovan okay. Knight's an interesting player, too. He, he was back-to-back all ACC as a kick returner. He was yeah, one of the so best Brian, kickoff returners in college football. Yeah, Brian Robinson, I think, gives you a little bit more girth, though, right? Like, he's got a little bit more between the tackles about him. Like, I think he's better oh, yeah. and has much higher upside than, like, Rex Burkhead. But, like, you're thinking about that kind of mold, right? Somebody right. that 6'1". Can, yeah. Yeah, so 6'1", 225. We talk about Patriots backs in one of two classes, right? We talk about them as the early down back. Garrett Blunt, Antoine Smith, right? That that sort of molds Corey Dillon. 
Or we right. talk about the pass catching backs, James White, Danny Woodhead, uh, Kevin Falk. There's a few that kind of can do both. Rex Burkhead, to me, is the chief example. I think Ramondre Stevenson could be that kind of guy. Brian Robinson's absolutely that kind of guy, too. Brian Robinson, right. I think, if, if he's still here, they are popping champagne in the draft room if they get yeah. him at 127. All right. That's I pick. like it. All right. I like it. We do need to get a wide receiver at some point, but I do like it. We do need I, to I get like a wide it. receiver. Let's see what the board looks like at 170. It might be time to trade down again, in all honesty. So. Why do I have a feeling that all the good wide receivers are now gone? Nope. Bo Melton, Danny Gray, Vilas Jones, all still here. Okay, so I don't think Danny Gray is making it here. He ran a 4-3-3 in the 40-yard dash, and he's got really yeah. good take yeah. at SMU. I think he's going to be a fourth-round pick. I like Vilas Jones a ton for them too. Maybe a little bit thicker and his build is a little bit sturdier than Bo Melton, right? He's not quite as small as Bo Melton is. And he also adds that return capability. I think if you're going to draft a wide receiver, unless they're going at the top of the draft and they're trying to get their number one guy, if they're going to go in the middle rounds, a wide receiver, the guy's got to be able to return. I, I just think that that's such yeah. a area of need for the team. Vilas Jones would be a ton of fun. I don't know if they have the creativity on the offensive coaching staff to fully unlock him on offense in year one. Might have to wait till Bill O'Brien gets here next year. Uh, but he's somebody that he can create with the football in his hands. He's an explosive ball carrier, uh, end arounds, jet sweeps, screen passes. I, I think in a lot of ways, like the best comp for him is probably somebody like Jakeem Grant or Isaiah McKenzie, you know, in that kind of mold. Not exactly the most polished receiver, but when you – turn on the tape his speed and explosiveness it, it's there right it gets screaming at you like this guy can absolutely move so the one thing i'd say about waiting a year he's gonna be 25 next month yeah he, he played six seasons of college football they yeah. might not care though i like that's part of the reason he'd still be here can i just see one thing too before we make this pick how many yeah. picks have we made so far we have made five we made four in the top 100, and then we just took Brian Robinson. Seven feels low. They averaged nine picks. They've averaged nine picks a draft over the last 10 years. They've picked 10 players in two of the last three. Seven feels low. I think we need to trade it down. It is low, but I, I just don't like the optics of passing on all these. The, the board really broke our way with some of these receivers lasting till the fifth round. Like Danny Gray and Vilas Jones are good players. Like those guys can play on Sundays. And I think making, like having, passing on those guys with that need, like, I, I don't know, what are we going to get in this trade down? You know, what, what are the optics? It's, Evan, once down? you get, I, and this is how they think. We know this is how they think. Once you get to the fifth round, fifth, sixth, seventh round, it's not about what you're passing on. It's about how many kicks at the can can you get, right? At this point, you're just throwing darts and you'd rather have more throws, right? I guess my opinion is is that I don't think that a Vilas Jones pick is necessarily throwing darts. Like I, I think that that guy can play. I, but, I don't know. I just so here's here's the thing though. Vilas Jones still here. Bo Melton still here. Um, uh, I cannot believe we have people complaining about this draft and we got Jordan. They're going to complain Davis in the first. Even week. if we move down, oh like Dallas God. has two picks here, right? You don't think we're moving down six? You think we're going to lose all three of those receivers? I don't, don't but I, I we don't have a seventh anymore. They, no, they don't. We we need that to do the trade. So what do we have? A, this, they we have one. We have two picks left. Right? We have one seventy, and we have. I the, think we need to add right. one. I'm telling you, I think we need to add one. 
Well, you think we need to add one to be realistic. I I don't think we need to add one. You think we need to add one so that it reflects how many guys. Well, no, I because I think that's how they would do it. And we're doing we're trying to do what we think they would do. I think they would try to add a pick here. They also never they never pick in the fifth round, Evan. They ne- they've picked in the fifth round six times in the last ten years. I just I would I really I'm very high on all three of those receivers. And I think those guys can all – Bo Melton, Vilas Jones, Danny Gray can all contribute to the Patriots. I think Danny Gray has real potential uh, to be a starting wide receiver. I think Vilas Jones and Bo Melton are more Isaiah McKenzie's, right, gadget players, return guys, things like that. But I think a guy like Danny Gray could be a complete receiver for them. I I don't know. I just – I think we got lucky that, in fact, those right. guys are still here. So if we, if we are picking here, I think it's Vilas Jones. Well, I think it's yeah, we can take- we've picked him like 10 times. So, yeah, I think we can pick Vilas Jones here. Like I said, I, I, I wouldn't okay. sleep on Danny Gray. I think he's got potential, but Vilas Jones here makes a lot of sense too. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take Vilas Jones here. We're, yeah. we're both going to get what we want. We're going to take Vilas Jones there for what it's worth. Okay. Bo Melton went, Bo Melton. We wouldn't have gotten him. Yes. Um, we're going to move down from here though. We're going to find a team that has two picks. Yeah, we're going to trade with the Rams. I think you gonna, just, is that yeah. Mr. Relevant? I think you no. just are, are making the pick, uh, making this trade back so you can take Matt Arises somewhere. That's, Matt Arises really is off the board. At this point, he falls under the, the simulator fucked up rule. Oh, okay. At this point, at this point, we can't take him. We, we could have, if we didn't take him 170, we're not taking him. We can't take him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move back eight spots because I, I want to make at least eight picks because that's what the Patriots do. We're trying to emulate what they do. Who did we pass on? Christopher Allen's really the one player in that list. I guess Josh Thompson that that kind of stands out. Now we have a seventh rounder too. Right. So now we have a sixth and a seventh. So uh, I guess here we're kind of looking BPA, right? Again, Ariza falls under the, he's not going to be here. He's not falling to two. Now, if you want to talk about taking Jordan Stout here, we can have that conversation. I think that that's a fair conversation to have. Kicked in the Northeast, had a very, very good senior bowl. Yeah, generational punter in the draft. So Bill's going to take a different punter. Like this is a conversation we could have. Jason Poe's a guy people have been really high on lately. We take Nate Landman in every draft. I guess we could take him again. I like taking another lineman here, right? I think we got okay. we got Kadecki. We got our starter, but I think we need to get somebody as maybe a developmental tackle or, or, or just you know a guy that we can we can stash away for a bit. I, I do. We do like Vidarian Lowe. Dare Rosenthal's an interesting pick here too. That's a power right, uh, right tackle, right? A guy yeah. that's just physically big and powerful. I think, have we done Andrew Stuber yet? I think that that's another we guy. Have, that could he's be an easy here. pick. Yeah. Michigan. Um, Spencer Buford. Interesting pick too. Yep. I mean, uh, who, who, who do we want? Here. I think we, we both agree on taking a tackle here. Who do we want? Yeah. Vidarian Lowe. Let's do it. I think it's Vidarian Lowe. I think it's the uh, Brett Bielma connection. Yeah. I think that's a strong one. Vidarian Lowe, too, is a, a captain, like really well thought of player there at Illinois. I, I think that that's a guy that might actually be a, a sneaky good yeah. pick. Like, that could be a he, they like players who are showing progress, right? Yeah. He grew so much in 2020. Like he was such a better player in 2021 than he was in 2020. Like that, they're going to circle that, right? Yeah. All right, and then with our last pick, so Arise is still here. What happened? Yeah, that's not you. Just 
unsee that. He's not going to well, be here. Jordan is now. Why? What happened? What? Why is he still here? Because every NFL GM should be fired, and the math sucks. That's why. So EJ Perry is interesting. I don't think he's still going to be here at this point. He might be. That's an interesting one. I, the more that you we like look at the pre-draft visits, the way that they're moving in, in this process, it's not the starting quarterback. Obviously, it's the backup quarterback that they're thinking about. Why right. pay Jared out team quarterback? Why, why give Jared Stidham any sort of raise next year? Right, he's going to be a free agent yeah. at the end of the year. He doesn't deserve a raise. So why are we giving it to Stidham? Brian Hoyer is basically a coach. The backup quarterback spot is interesting. Uh, I like EJ Perry because he's an athlete that could potentially, like you said, emulate scout team. Uh, If you scroll down a little bit, there was uh, Caleb Ellerby is interesting too, right? Mac Mac Jones. Yeah, he's kind of got some Mac flavor to him. If they're just trying to get a guy that if Mac goes down, they have kind of like a poor man's Mac Jones behind him, then Ellerby is an interesting one. Uh, He's kind of like Johnny Hoyer. Right. Yeah, I think it's more about the scout team, though. You look at the guys they met with, King, Perry. Yeah. I like I like Caleb Ellaby. I just don't think he makes it. Let's do, you know what? Let's do what we did last week. Let's let's go through here. Let's look at the positions. And whoever we uh whoever we like that doesn't get taken, I'll put on a little UDFA list and I'll attach it to the uh to the tweet. Okay. Sounds good. I, um, I think we take I think we do take EJ Perry here, though. Okay. I think that's well, let's see who else is here. Dins is here. Erica Azakuma is not – he's getting drafted. There, there's no way he's not getting drafted. Yeah, so um, so keep an eye out for those guys. Slade Bolden, I think, is an, a oh. lock to be invited to camp. I yeah, know I'll put him on the EPFA list. Crazy, but Connor Hayward, if he doesn't get drafted, would be interesting. I think he's going to get drafted, though. Uh, probably right here someplace in the center. So round. taking Connor Hayward here wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't if you think that – if you're like really high on Ellerby or if you're really high on Perry and you think that those guys are going to get to UDFAs, then I think Connor Hayward has a role that's maybe a little bit bigger on the team, right? Like I think that he could play this year and contribute as a fullback. I think the other thing is if it gets to this point, Connor Hayward, you have a better shot of, if they, let's say they both made it to the UDFA point, right? You have a better shot of signing EJ Perry as UDFA than you do Connor Hayward. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, we, we did Connor Hayward once before though. We did. Um, Tyler Vrabel, obviously he was here. Okay. Did we, I don't think we did. Uh, I don't, I don't think we did Hayward yet. I don't think we've taken him yet. I thought we took him in the seventh round in another mock. We did. No, because we last week was the first week we had a, a seventh round pick. Oh, I thought we took him. I don't know. I like the quarterback here. I like EJ Perry. All right, I'm just saying. Just let's just make sure we didn't miss anybody. Uh, they they safety. like doing that too. Like they, you look at their history of like guys like Zach Robinson and and guys right. in the and, uh, later on day three as backup quarterback guy. You know, developmental guys. Uh, I think that those are. Those are interesting. EJ Perry, too, like you said, scout team potential yeah. there. We took to his cousin last week. Yeah, we did. And uh, there's no interesting linebackers. There's that Ross guy from Michigan. So Perry or Stout? You want Perry? Let's go Perry. All right, EJ Perry. And he's an Ivy Leaguer. I think they like the brains. Yeah, especially for that scout team role. Learn a new yeah. playbook every week. Yeah. 
All right. So that's all right. That's here we go. I can pull it up. This to me right here is the best we've done so far. It does make it a lot easier that Jordan Davis was the number one pick. That certainly makes us feel a lot better about everything. But Jordan Davis, first round pick, we got a guy that's going to come in and just be a day one stud. I mean, there's no other way to put it, right? I mean, he is easily the best guy we've taken at that spot yet. Easily. So I, I'm yeah. really excited about that one, if that were to happen. Martin Emerson from uh, Mississippi State, maybe a slight reach there in the second round, but we know the Patriots are good for one reach in a draft, and it's usually at corner, defensive back. So yeah. we get Martin Emerson here. I have the PFF one, by the way, is good. Okay. Yeah, long, uh, athletic, physical, uh, good coverage skills, good awareness if you want to play him in zone coverage like he did at Mississippi State. But I think his length and his size – and his ability to run down the field and carry vertical routes and man is there. I think that he would be have the ability to play man coverage as well. Brian Asamoah, uh, physical for his size, but mostly a speedster. Uh, four, five, six, two, twenty-six. Uh, that's your athletic, rangy, new age linebacker. And uh, Luke Kadecki, plug and play guard, in my opinion. I think he's a guy that's going to play left guard day one for them. Could play tackle if they absolutely need to. Alex, what, what do you like about this top 100, though? I think this is our best top 100 yet. Yeah, I mean, I think when you – like Jordan Davis skews it all, right? Yeah. But I think when you take I'm Jordan about Davis – minus for getting Jordan Davis at 21. It should be an A++++. Plus plus plus. Yeah. When you take Jordan Davis, like we, we got a little more high upside than immediate impact with the rest of the picks, at least with, with Osmo and Emerson. Yeah. I think you can't afford Jordan Davis is going to change so much. Right. Like I, I'm probably higher on Jordan Davis than most people. I also don't think I'm wrong. Obviously I don't think I'm wrong, but like, remember before the combine, I texted you. I said, I can't wait for Jordan Davis to run a sub five. And you legitimately thought I was kidding. Like, I just think people don't understand because people use player comps so much to understand what, try to understand what prospects will be in the NFL. Yeah. I just think there's this, this mental gap when it comes to processing Jordan Davis's upside, because again, there is no comparison. The closest yeah. one, and I've caught in flack for saying this. I don't care. I'll say it again. He's like Aaron Donald, but significantly bigger. It's just a motor thing with him. That's all it is. And if anybody's going to get the most out of his motor, it's the Patriots. I so, just, I, I don't Yeah. There is no comparison for a 340 pound guy that ran a four, seven, eight. Like there is no right. comparison. So when you uh, get somebody I, like that, like, yeah, yeah it, we, we took some flack for the Martin Emerson pick and he's there's like, they would pick him and there would be a million people. Great. Here we go again with Jawan Williams. Right. You would right. get a bunch of that. And I kind of see where it's coming from. You can afford to take that risk. When you take Jordan Davis, 21st overall, they're going to have again, Jordan Davis, Christian yeah. Barmore, Matthew Judon. That's a top three defensive line in the league. Yeah, Vita Van, that's not a terrible comp for Jordan Davis. I think it's somewhat similar, probably better. Martin Emerson, though, what I think is the difference when I watch him play versus like a guy like Jawan is Martin Emerson's got a little dog in him. Like he's. Yeah, see, I think he's a different player, but I'm just saying like that's what what you're going to hear. Yeah, but I think that's the the difference. Like what I didn't see with Jawan and what I haven't seen with him with the Patriots and even behind the scenes when we've had opportunities in the locker room and stuff like that. I just don't like see a killer instinct with him. I don't see a, I don't see that dude. Like I don't see a dog. I don't see a killer instinct. I think we watch Martin Emerson at Mississippi state. Like he took things personally. Like he, he yeah. was a physical 
in your face, toe to toe with top competition type of guy. So I, I think that that's a, that that's a, a good pick for them here. It's check similar boxes. Also, Martin Emerson ran a lot better than Jawan Williams did. Like yeah. Jawan Williams. Oh, he's a significantly better. No, but people are going to see like the big corner from like the non blue blood SEC school. Right. In the second round. Like that's, but no, I agree. I think Martin Emerson is like when I look at Martin Emerson, right. He is the zone version of the corners that have succeeded here. Right. He's big. He's got long arms. He likes yeah. to hit. He'll play the run. He's good at the catch point. Like that's what I'm not saying he's the same player as like Steph Gilmore, JC Jackson, but you talk about prototype player mold, right? Yeah. That's what JC Jackson was. Steph Gilmore was all those guys. He just has his background is in zone. It's not in man. I think, I don't think they can fully shift to like the, the Buffalo style defense. I think there needs to be some sort of bridging the gap between their philosophy and the more modern scheme. Martin Emerson is like perfectly in the halfway point of those two philosophies. So that, that's why I love him for the Patriots. I just think, I don't know that most teams should take him in the second round. Like as a general, I think I'd give him a third round grade, but I think the Patriots are the kind of team like he's going to, I talked about this a lot. I was going to be more into this during the draft nature versus nurture, right? Yeah. Martin Emerson. I think the Patriots would be one of the best landing spots for Martin Emerson. I think the Patriots could get more out of Martin Emerson than maybe some other teams in the draft. Yeah. So he's not here to cover Tyree kill and to cover uh, Stefan Diggs, right? If you're playing Buffalo and you want to put Martin Emerson in man coverage, you're putting him on Gabriel Davis, right? Like right. that's, that's the matchup. If you're playing Miami, then you're probably playing zone anyways. Like that's the biggest thing with Miami. And I, I've talked to some people about this on Twitter too, and stuff like that. Like, is your plan to try to play man coverage against the dolphins now? Because good luck. Like you're going to find two corners that run four, two. Like, you have one in Jonathan Jones. I guess you could draft a guy like Trent McDuffie in the first round and be able to keep up. But – Well, no, we took – we took uh, we took Mar- uh, Martin uh, – not Martin, Jones. Um, Marcus White. Jones? Mar- yeah, like, I took I Marcus Jones last week, but no, he's not big enough, and that's a problem then. Like, Yeah, like, I just don't know what <laughs> – I don't know why – what's the game plan against the Dolphins in man coverage? Like, you're not you, – no matter what you do, you're not going to be able to stick with those guys right. in man coverage. What you're hoping for – if you play man, I suppose, is that Tua just can't throw the ball far enough to get the football to them down the field. Like, that's like, that would be the hope, I suppose. But Well, then you better play him before Teddy Bridgewater takes over. Right. <laughs> I think Martin Emerson's a good one. I think he's getting slept on. All right, Brian Asamoah, uh, athletic linebacker. Everybody wants the speed at linebacker. We got speed at linebacker. There you go. Yep. That's, that's the linebacker you all have been asking for. That's yeah. the guy. Yeah. Uh, Luke- he's, va- he's the value to Kobe Dean in this draft. Yes, right. Or even like I would say maybe value Christian Harris, right? The Kobe Dean is Christian Harris yeah, is like right. the Kobe Dean. Um, Brian Awesome was value Christian Harris. So that, right, that's right, what yeah. there. Uh, Brian Robinson. We already talked about Gadecki a lot. Uh, Brian Robinson, Alex, uh, you're all over this one. Yeah, Brian, you know, three down back, really four down guy. He can cover kicks too, but three down back. He's going to run the ball between the tackles. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to pass block. We know they like Bama. We know they like the Bama backs. We don't know yeah. that they have a pass pass catching back week one. James White's back, but he just got out of bed three months ago. We right. don't know what his physical condition is. I'd love to see him on the field. I don't know if that's realistic. I JJ Taylor is not that guy. If he was, I think we would know by now. Yeah. And maybe they can get a UDFA. Maybe somebody comes in late in free agency. But 
Brian Robinson can be a pass catching back right now. And then if they don't sign Damian Harris, he can kind of split that role. I think Robinson and Ramondre Stevenson, regardless of what happens with Harris, you put those two guys in the backfield, you can do a ton. You can do a ton with those two guys. I And they're not going to pass Robinson at 127. We know they met with James Cook. Yeah. Robinson's a very similar player. He makes a lot. He, he's on their radar. I would be shocked if he's not one of the 80-something guys on draft board. So I'm not sure how much they actually care about the predictability of their offense, but the one aspect that I like about Brian Robinson that you've mentioned is that he can run the football between the tackles and catch passes. And they are so predictable sometimes with the way that they use their running backs so that when Damon Harris is in the game, it's like 65% run, right? Or it's play action. Right, right. It's one or the other. It's run or it's under center play action. When James White comes in the game, that's when they spread it out a little bit more and they throw the football. Or last year it was Brandon Bolden. So getting a guy in there like Rex Burkhead, but maybe obviously better with higher upside like a Brian Robinson or a James Cook, uh, that really feels like it would be nice to have some of that unpredictability and be a little bit more 50-50 in terms of what you're doing with the running backs on the field. It's a big tell for them. If you have Damian yeah. Harris in the game, you're under center, you're power eye, you're running the football or your play action. When you have James White, you're spreading it out and you're throwing the football. Uh, they got to be a little bit more unpredictable, I think. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with these. And, and I, I, by the way, what you just said, I think also applies to Ramondre Stevenson. So when yeah. then you have two of those guys, you can really, again, you can get weird with it, like in a good way. So I'll let you, yeah. Vilas Jones is your guy. I'll let you grab that one. Yeah, I love Vilas Jones. I, I think that he's somebody that you look at that Gunnar Oshevsky, what they kind of were hoping he was going to be someday and never really took to it. I think Vilas Jones can be that kind of guy. He's not going to be your number one, most likely, but he's someone that can uh, carry the football on offense, end around jet sweeps, screen passes, verticals down the field with good speed, 4-3-3, 4-3-1, somewhere around there in the 40-yard dash. Elite, elite college football kick and punt returner. One of the best uh, returners in the entire nation. So he's somebody that when you watch him run with the football, it's not just speed. He's got great contact balance. He shakes off tacklers. He bobs and weaves through contact really, really well. I like Vilas Jones a ton as that gadget versatile player. Again, it's it's not your number one wide receiver, but at this point in the draft, that's a contributor. That's somebody that's going to play a lot. I, I like that about this pick. Yeah, uh, Vidarian Lowe, potential starting tackle, can play both sides of the line. Comes yeah. from Brett Bielma's program. High, high character guy, leader, team captain, took big strides in 2021. He's going to kind of sit for a year, you know, develop. And then I think he's somebody that potentially, if he has a good year behind the scenes, could be in the conversation to take over for Isaiah Wynn next year. I, I think if he played his entire collegiate career. And look, I, the Illinois, Illinois program was a mess for a few years there. So there's weird stuff going on with the players coming out in terms of the career progression. If Vidari Lowe played his entire college career, like he played in 2021, he's probably a day two pick early day three at the latest. So yeah. I think what you're, you know, if you're the Patriots, you're, you're a very close relationship with his college coach and Brett Bielma. I think there's reason to believe that the player he was in 2021 is the player he really is. You confirm that with Bielma. Uh, you know he's in the you know you know he's heading in the right direction. You know he can pick up new systems quickly because new coach in 2021 he picked it right up. He played great. I I think that could be an absolute steal. You know we we talk about the sixth round and I said this before. You're kind of throwing darts and it is what it is. But 
Look at what they got Michael and Wenu in the sixth round. Like, I think Vidari yeah. Lowe could be in that ballpark. So, also, a, I believe, two-time team captain at Illinois under Brett At least Bielema. one. I don't know about two. He was at least once. Yeah. And that was, was under Bielema. Was and that's what matters. Yeah. So, that that's a really uh, good one, too. You got a guy that was a team captain under a former assistant coach on the Patriots. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be on the radar. Yeah. EJ Perry. Yeah, EJ Perry, like sneaky big dual threat quarterback. He had, yeah, he was the the Ivy League player of the year, offense player of the year last year. BC transfers from Andover. I they could probably get him as UDFA, but we've seen them do this in the past. They do with Danny Etling, right? They he, nobody's going to draft Danny Etling. Danny Etling was horrible in college, but yeah. they took him super late because they liked him on the scout team. EJ Perry, obviously Brown, smart guy. He's going to be able to emulate some of that Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes stuff, uh, just yeah. with his athleticism. Four six so, five. He went in the right. dash. Yeah, yeah. Ran a six five. High character yeah. guys. The video been picking up trash after the combine, like the, the Ed Reed video about picking up the towels. So yeah, I don't know that he ever plays a down for them in the NFL, and you don't always love that when you're making a draft pick. But I think he's somebody who could ultimately make the team better. It's in a bit of a roundabout way. But just because we don't see the work being put in doesn't mean the player's not putting in the work. Doesn't mean the player's not contributing. It's a behind-the-scenes pick, but we know enough. We, we know by now well enough how much they value those kind of guys. So whether it's E.J. Perry, I could see Jordan Stout there, a punter, something like that. But, yeah, I E.J. Perry, they're going to draft him. The casual fans aren't going to understand it. They're going to bitch about it. It makes a ton of sense, and it's especially at 153. I think that was like the eighth-to-last pick. That's a pretty good pick. Yeah. 253 yeah. I say 853 253 yeah so I think the biggest thing with EJ Perry too and I know this is this is nothing to do with his football ability necessarily I just think that Robert Kraft in particular would love having an Ivy League guy on the team like it just is something that that kind of brain and the intelligence that it brings to it for especially for a backup quarterback somebody that's going to yeah. be really in there just for the mental side of it more or less like Brian Hoyer I I can't remember who it was, but they had somebody else that was an Ivy League guy. They always love to point out that he went that he was an Ivy Leaguer. I, I don't. Oh, who was that? Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. Keep going. Yeah, it, it was. So I don't know. It's just a it's just a little thing. It's obviously nothing to do with football, but I, I just think it's interesting. So yeah, there you have it. That's Brandon Copeland. Oh, that's right, Brandon Copeland. Yeah, Brandon Copeland was like a really smart dude. Yeah, he, he was, was he Penn? I think. Yeah, where did James Devlin go to school? That's what's like. Oh, James Devlin, that's who it was. He went to Brown. Yeah, same school. There you go. I don't know I don't why know how we missed that. I didn't want to say. I didn't want to be very wrong. Uh, James Devlin. Yes, I remember. They talked about how smart James Devlin was, and that he was an Ivy League kid so many times. Like it was like, like knocking us over the head with it. Like, oh, did you guys know that James Devlin went to Brown? Like, yeah, I know, I got it. It's like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Harvard, right? right. So. Yeah, that's how I kind of feel like they would view E.J. Perry as well. And same school, Brown. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, do we want it? So one, two common complaints we got yes, in, the, in the chat that I want to yeah. address. Okay. First off, yes. why didn't we take a shutdown corner? You can't just snap your fingers and draft a shutdown corner. There's like seven guys in the league that are true shutdown corners. There's two guys in the draft that have shut down, year one shutdown corner upside. They're both well off the board. Sauce yeah. Gardner, Derek Stingley. Could we have taken Booth or Elam at 21? Yeah. We took I Booth, think last, that, by the way. What? We took Booth last week in the first round. Yeah, and we took Elam a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I, the difference in upside 
between Booth and Elam and Emerson is marginal. The reason those guys are first-round picks, Emerson is second, is floor, not ceiling. So we weren't going to get the year one guy anyway. And now with Booth, there's concerns. He's had injuries. He just had surgery. Yeah. If you're not going to get the year one guy anyway, Martin Emerson has the same upside, perhaps higher than those two. Yeah. The other and- question was, why, why didn't we take a receiver early? They don't need to. I'm yeah. not totally convinced they need to. I just don't know where that guy's going to play. And the reality is people were talking about Christian Watson. People were talking about Romeo Dubs. If you take a receiver, and the, if they take a receiver early in this draft, it needs to be a slot guy. Because right now, I mean, yeah. we all love Jacoby Myers. Jacoby's the third best receiver in the three-receiver set. And more importantly, he's on an expiring contract. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Devontae Parker's back next year. He's under contract through 2023. Kendrick Bourne's under contract through 2023. Jacoby's not, Nelson Aguilar's not. So you either need to take a true burner, not an X, just a burner, because I don't think Aguilar's an X. I think he's a speed slot. You either yeah. need to take a true burner like we did in Jones yeah. Yeah. or a slot guy. If you're going to go for the big X receiver, you do, that, you do that I very late as a developmental player. You do it next year. Yeah, I, I think Gillis Jones might be a little bit of both. Like, I think he can play – I think he will play slot for them and, along with off right. the line, you know, scheme he's touches not, and things like that. The point is he's not like an, an X. He's not – No, but I think yeah. that Gillis Jones could develop into their starting slot receiver. I, I really do. I, I think it maybe takes some technical refinement, but you get him with his punt return and with his kick return background, like him and Troy Brown would love it to chop it up together, right? Like those two guys are so similar uh, from where they started in their careers. So I think a guy like Vilas Jones definitely could play slot for them down the road. Like, I I think that's exactly what you would want out of a slot guy, a quick twitch, explosive inside player, good long speed, good with the ball in his hands. Definitely got Patriot slot potential. Right. It's going to take him on day two. Yeah. We've We've talked about Mac playing with that vertical slot guy to Alabama. Like he can be that vertical slot guy. One more addendum on the wide receiver thing. That's unless Chris Olave or Jamison Williams are on the board at 21. I mean, you take those guys. They're so tremendously right. talented, but like that's yeah. the, the real wish list. I don't think Stingley's getting to 21. The guys who have an outside shot of getting there, Jordan Davis, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, any of those yeah. three guys there, you pick them. You don't think twice. Yeah. So I, I think we, the- we were lucky enough. Williams and Olave went, went Davis was there. We were lucky enough. The only wide receiver that I am really all in on on day two at this point is John Mechie. I, I love Alec Pierce too, from Cincinnati. I think that that would be a great pick also, but he's a true X. And then you have to kind of start talking about what you're doing with Devontae Parker on the roster, right? If you got a guy like Pierce behind him and that type of stuff. To me, I think that the one guy that I could really get behind on day two is Mechie just because of the play style, the the Mac Jones compare, uh, you know, obviously chemistry there and stuff like that. Uh, that one I can get with. Other than that, I mean, I mentioned Danny Gray earlier from SMU, uh, Vilas Jones, Bo Melton, Sky Moore. Sky Moore, I love too, but I just don't know how are they going to get Sky Moore. Like, like he's going to go trade between, down. Yeah, I mean, he's going to go early thirties. In my, he's opinion. exactly the kind of guy that they need to add. Yeah, I love Sky Moore. I, I think that I would love to draft Sky Moore, but I, I just don't know where Sky Moore, how are they going to get Sky Moore without taking him with their first pick? That's the thing. They, 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 if they trade down from 21 and they get Sky Moore at like 33, 34, whatever, they trip right. with the Lions and they get 34 from Detroit, they take Sky well, Moore. Well, they, they could also I move up, like, if he falls a little bit, they could move up like they did with Barmore. 
I suppose. I don't know. I don't think he's fallen much. I just yeah. don't. I think at the end of the first round, you have Green Bay, you have Kansas City. Those teams are taking wide receivers. So you're going to start to see some of these wide receivers go. I, if they can find a way to finagle it, if they can get their hands on Sky more, then I'm all for it. I just I don't know if they'll have the optics of being able to do that. I also don't know if they would want to take a wide receiver with their top pick in the draft, right? That's the difference. I'm all I, I in the chat. Calvin Austin, no, thank you. Two, like he's like five eight. Like I, I just good athlete, obviously, but like I, I think Vilas Jones is everything that Calvin Austin is, but he's much bigger than Calvin Austin. So I, I just I don't know. It, I like Christian Watson. I've always liked Christian Watson. Uh, I like I said I like Alec Pierce. I don't know. It just it seems to me like they would probably prefer to go someplace like Vilas Jones than, than maybe some of those other guys, unless it's Mechie. Right. All right. That about does it. I think we, we've we answered all that we can answer. We've gone through the draft. I like this draft. I think this is the best one we've done yet. Uh, we are going to have a Tuesday show next week where we're going to do a draft Q&A. We're going to do some of your mock drafts. If you want to send us your mock drafts on Twitter, oh. uh, we'll kind of tease this as we get Hang into on. next week. Yes. Send it to the page. Do not send them to us. You can send me your mock drafts. I appreciate everybody sends me their mock drafts. I, I don't respond because if I respond to one, I have to respond to all of them. I don't have that kind of time. Send them to the Patriots CLNS account. Sure. It, I don't send know if it has Patriots. open DMs, actually. I don't know. but I think it does. I'll, I'll double check. Send it to the Patriots CLNS account. We'll tease this again on Monday and Tuesday. We're going to grade your mock drafts. Alex and I get inundated by mock drafts. We see all of them. We don't always have time to respond to all of them. But now's your chance to get us to respond on air about your mock draft and if you did well or not. Does please not don't have send open us DMs, so you're going to need it. Please don't send us ones with wild trades, though. Like, I don't want to see, like, six players in exchange for five players and picks and all that. Like, just just send us ones that are somewhat realistic, okay? Thank you. Then on Thursday, we're going to do a – are we going to do first-round mock on next Thursday? Is that the plan? I thought that was Tuesday. Okay. No, we're going to do well, a regular we'll do mock next Thursday – First round mock yeah. on Tuesday, and then the day of the draft, we'll do our last mock. Yeah, so we're going to at some point also do a first round 1 through 32. That's the plan, not just the Patriots mock draft, but how we think the first round itself is going to go in whole. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. We'll be able to talk about some of the scenarios, obviously, uh, in terms of the Patriots as well. So be on the lookout for those two things. We'll tease the uh, mock draft grade, your mock draft uh, segment next week as well. And uh, we'll have a good time with it. Uh, two weeks, two weeks from tonight, we're going to be sitting here and we're going to be a, a, about a couple hours away from the start of the first round. So we're getting there, people. But this is fun and we'll continue to do these and we'll continue to hammer home all the draft coverage. So until then, signing off for Alex Barth, I'm Evan Lazar. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we'll see you next week.